Good morning, it's good to be with you. Growing older is, uh, is just a fact of life, much as that may come as a surprise to um, those of you who aren't thinking about such things right now. The only way to stop growing older, actually, is, is a much less attractive um, option, at least most of the time. But growing older doesn't automatically end up with growing wiser. I think um, wisdom, at least in part, has to do with self-knowledge and self-acceptance. Certain things about oneself can and perhaps ought to be changed. Other things cannot change, do not change, no matter how hard you try. And there's wisdom to be found in accepting these things. I have blue eyes. I have a nose that suggests Eastern European ancestry. I am directionally disabled. I know, nowadays, to be PC, it should be that I am directionally differently abled, or directionally especially abled, or some such thing, whatever. The reality is that if you take me farther than two blocks from where I started, unless I have lived there longer than a month, the chances are pretty good that I will get lost. Not forever, but for a good amount of time. In a mall, I'm, I'm the one who, leaving a store, turns the exact wrong way, um, and then pretend that I really did want to go back to that store that we were just at to look at that other thing again. When we moved to California, Sam, who was uh, at the time going into kindergarten, just starting kindergarten, we were, we were living kind of far from our house, and, and it was through a series of highways that I now can pretty much do. Um, but at the time, Sam, my kindergartner, was saying, no, Mom, you need to go north on 880 in order to get over to where you're going. He was able to better give directions than I could. Wisdom and my desire to keep my job, which now really moves me in a large geography, has brought me to the point in which I never wing it when I have to go somewhere. In the days before Google Maps or Bing, I used to get an honest-to-goodness fold-out paper map. But even more than that, if, I, if it was an important appointment or meeting, if it was somewhere that was really pretty confusing to me, was being held somewhere new, I would do a trial run the day before just so that I wouldn't be late for the day of. These days, it's different. G. P.S. Global Positioning Service Systems, once reserved for large vessels at sea, is now available to smaller human vessels who just feel at sea, like me. I cannot tell you how utterly and absolutely I am dependent upon my GPS, although I do wish that she didn't sound like an aging movie star when she told me to turn right on Camino El Camino Real. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm adjusting to not having a GPS in which I can have a lovely British female voice tell me what way to turn. 
or for that matter, now Darth Vader, I guess. I'm willing to live with a squeaky, creaky voice that has problems pronouncing vaguely Spanish-based names of streets, but there is something I cannot tolerate. What absolutely sends me into overdrive, so to speak, is one simple, seemingly harmless little word. I cannot tolerate. Recalculating. I hate, I hate and will not allow to be in my car telling a GPS system that insists on telling me, usually in a very snotty tone of voice, that I have clearly not been listening, that I have made a mistake, and that she must now recalculate the route. I'm sorry, but just do it. <laughs> just shut up and do it and get me there. Even though I didn't listen. Even though I didn't turn where you told me to turn, figure it out, change the route, be quiet about it, and get me where I want to go when I need it. I know, that's remarkably mature. I figure it's because I only had an older sibling who yelled at me and no younger one to yell at. But in all seriousness, I also think that while this is a lighthearted look at how I deal with my special aptitude, uh, my, my spatial aptitude issues, I do think that there are some pretty clear parallels that can be drawn between driving and living, between spatial aptitude and spiritual attitude. You see, I, I don't like looking like I don't know where I'm going. Not in my car and not in my life. It makes me look kind of dumb, kind of unsophisticated, not cool. I like to look like I planned all this and it's just fine, thank you. But the truth is, not only do I not know how to get where I want to go, I often do not have the basic good sense to listen and to follow directions when I get them. I think I know a better way. Or I get distracted and, and I don't notice the voice when she's creaking at me. Or I'm listening to the radio, or talking, or texting, and I can't hear that voice. True for my driving, true for my living. Which brings me to Lent. This 40 days of invitation into a little quiet time into a little bit of, of listening. Brings me to Lent and the concept of repentance and to this morning's reading from the Gospel of John. Jesus is trying to help the disciples get it. And like good preachers are wont to do, he uses a metaphor 
to explain to them who he is. I am the way and the truth and the life. We don't need to go any further. As a matter of fact, I, I think we could simply stop with I am the way. It's a fine metaphor. It's a, a great idea in theory. But what in the world does it really mean when, when you break it down? When you break it out of all the nice kind of amorphous Christian formulas and code words that offer pat but often unfathomable answers, what in the world does it mean to you or to me that Jesus is the way in terms of living life day to day? Well, sometimes, as you well know, it's easy, even obvious. Don't kill that person. Don't steal that wallet. Don't lie about that used-to-be friend. But most of the time, it isn't easy, and it isn't obvious. Do kind and loving things, kind and loving things always look the same? Is the kind thing always the loving thing? How do I tell the truth when the truth will hurt? Who would Jesus bomb? What would Jesus drive? Even when good intentions are at an all-time high, it's pretty easy to lose one's bearings in the fog. And suddenly I'm on a way that is not entirely new and not necessarily, that is entirely new and not the way that I started out on. Enter repentance. It's a great Lenten word. It's an amazing spiritual tool that is almost always horribly understood. We hear repentance and, and it starts to feel heavy and our shoulders start to go down and we say, oh, repentance, that means guilt and shame and blame and now I need to feel bad. We hear repent and we think, oh crap, no more fun. But that's because we've lost the essence of what repentance is. Repentance in, in its base word, means to turn around or to turn back. You remember that? I think it was, it was Godspell or, or um, Jesus Christ Superstar at the turn back, oh man. Has a repent, oh man, turn back. It isn't necessarily moral versus immoral, nor is it some pie in the sky feeling where I was feeling bad and now I'm feeling good. It is a physical, concrete turning. As I have under, come to understand it, it's a change of posture, 
a change of position, a change of focus, of direction. I think of hands on my shoulders, moving me to be looking where I'm needing to be looking when I was somehow looking over there instead. Repentance is, if you will, a recalculating. Because we do lose our way. We do miss the mark because we get lost even and maybe especially when we think we're not. Or when we're not really thinking about it at all. But with God's help, sometimes coming from one of God's servants who does indeed take you by the shoulders and turn you, or when God's word manages to do that for you, or when God's spirit whispers in your ear or blows you right down. With God's help, repentance changes. And suddenly the word recalculating isn't one of recrimination with thinly veiled contempt mixed in. But it is rather a word of invitation and forgiveness spoken in the language of grace. Because the truth is, we're all directionally disabled or challenged or whatever. Sometimes more so, sometimes less so, but none of us can lay claim to never needing a guidance system of some sort. The one in my car has three categories. I can press info, and sometimes that's what I need. I can press go to, and sometimes that's a good choice because I really need to go to a gas station right now, or my car is going to die. But mostly, Mostly I think about that little third box, which I sort of think about as synonymous with, with today's lesson. Today's lesson about, about Jesus going before us and working up a room for every one of us. I look at that third box on my little menu that says home. And when I push that button home, that's a good thing. And that's when I actually listen. Which may have been a help to all of us at some point in life and, and was profoundly displayed in, in this cartoon that I found last week that I leave you with. 